On May 31st, 2020, the world lost a good man. Independent wrestling lost a brother. The deathmatch community lost a legend. And I, among countless others, lost a beloved friend. Grant Birkeland, the deathmatch Viking Danny Havoc. Over the next little while, I'm going to be sitting down to talk with his friends, co-workers, and peers about the impact he had on them, on their careers, on their lives. We're going to remember our friend and celebrate his life. Welcome to Grant Birkeland, The Road to Valhalla. Welcome back. Um, I have no idea what I was about to say, so I think that's a fabulous way to open any show. Um, I am Wiggy. I am joined today right now with, uh, by, oh my god, I can't think. I'm I'll help you out. This, is, this <laughs> is Nate Carter. I'm sitting here with Dave McCall. We are the rep. How you doing, Wiggy? Well, I, I've been better. I've been I've been better. I can't. I can't seem to hold a thought, and you know, I'm not sure that's that much different uh, than any other time. But you know what? Actually, every time, every time I screw up recording, the only thought I have in my head is exactly how much Grant would appreciate that I screwed up. There's no mistake. Everything's supposed to happen. Right? Yeah. I kind of think. I kind of think it's like it's all. It's all cosmically being done for his amusement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I said in the last episode, he um he he used to very I'd like to think affectionately refer to me as an non sequitur enabler. I just I cannot keep things on track and it's just not my strong suit, so <laughs> So how are you guys yeah. doing? Yeah, like we we're, were talking about before, it's uh it's 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 you gotta take every day as it comes because every time you turn around there's something new going on. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. This this is not okay. You know, you, you you can't have a worldwide pandemic and then follow it up with horrific violence and rioting and then when pretty much everybody feels at their absolute lowest, hey, you know what? We're going to take a person you all love dearly away from you now. That's just that is fucked up. That is this is not shit that's supposed to be happening. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, you sit here and you try not to think about that, and you try to think about the positive things. I mean, yeah. as hard as it may be, you just try to try to remember like the good stories you had with Grant, and like, <laughs> and there's no shortage you, you look of those. For it, like, <laughs> who are you telling? And it's <laughs> like, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those weird things where it's like, um, hanging out with Grant was like when we started in the business, and we started even at CCW or started training or whatever. We didn't have a lot of people like coming up to talk to us. I'm not sure why. Maybe just because we were the new guys, I thought we would leave. But it was like guys like Grant were like some of the first people to like actually hang out and pull us to the side and go like, "Hey, look, let me talk to you. Let me show you what's going on here. Let me explain the business to you. You know what I mean? Like, let me let me let me try to help you learn the ropes before you go out here and do something stupid." <laughs> when we had our first match in 2011. Grant was there. And I remember sitting there thinking in my head, all right, cool. We're wrestling a Nigerian nightmare. And what they want to do is a 300-pounder is about to drop a 400-pounder on top of me. And as I sit there, I look. They land, and I've never walked right since. I walk to the back, and as I walk to the back, Grant pulls me inside and says, Dave, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Like you're berating a dog for being on the carpet. I was just going to say, like, did he like roll up a newspaper match. and whack you on the nose and be like, no, bad day. No, no, no. It's like, that was scary as hell, and that was a hell of a first match, but don't do it again. No. 
<laughs> oh, he cared. <laughs> he cared. He did. He did, and he had the most, like, the most hilarious ways to show it. He was quite brilliant. He was very brilliant. When I, <laughs> I some of his artwork, I remember, I can't remember which tournament of death it was, but he had drawn out this contraption specifically. Now, I didn't know that he was the one who drew it. I thought someone might have, you know, professionally, they got it ordered or something along those lines. And the DJ just goes, no, you know who drew this? No, I don't. Great. And the way he had drawn it, the way he had explained it, he had every detail to the letter for what each piece of the contraption and how it was supposed to work. And it just made me look at him always a little bit different because it was like he really was brilliant. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. I got one. So it's freaking, I forget what cage of death it was, but it was Grant uh, versus Tremont. And they're doing like ultraviolet pits. And I want to say like the Friday or Thursday before. I'm sitting there and I was told, we need you to build a nail board. And I had no idea how to do it. But I had Grant's blueprints there in Shawnee. And he told me, build this nail board and it needs to be exactly this, you know, the way it's supposed to be spaced or whatever like that. Yeah. So I'm sitting there building it, building it, building it. Uh, fast forward, the match is going on. Tremont gets slant, uh I think he got backdropped or something on it. And his boot gets stuck in the nails. <laughs> and I'm looking at it, and I feel so horrible. I'm like, I fucked it up. I fucked this up. This is horrible. This is rough. This is not going to work out well. Sure enough, after the match, we see the guys. I'm like, Grant, I'm like, are you okay? Like, is everybody all right? Did I do good? Grant's like, yeah, it's done perfectly. Especially the part where Tremont's foot got stuck. That was the best part. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was done right or not. Uh, hey, if the architect says, I mean, you can't argue with that, right? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I I actually have one that relates to you guys. Um, oh it's, no! It's amazing, right? It's amazing how, and I don't. I'm sure this isn't just me who's experiencing this, but like, you're you'll be like sitting there and doing whatever and like you see something on TV or you hear something and it's just you flash back to like yet another story you know like mm-hmm. you haven't thought about in forever are suddenly like clear as a bell I just, I just got one but you go first okay um, this was uh, Grant's last match with Alex mm. and um I, I mean, as a lot of people, a lot of people saw uh, during the documentary, the the vice, I think it was a vice documentary. Um, a lot of things went wrong in the prep for that match. Um, it, there yeah. was there was a little bit of a shit show happening, but I believe you guys had had. Did you guys have a ladder match? Yes. Um, you did, right? And it was for a contract, right? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I, we- because I remember I was at the merch table oh, and I gosh, and I was watch I was I was watching your stuff, and uh, you guys came over during um, at at intermission and you're like all beat up and everything and and you you still had the the clipboard with the contract on it, and uh, you had sat it down and I picked it up because I'm like I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm I'm like okay cool I'm just I'm just gonna doodle a little bit and I I'm like here's a piece of paper and I picked it up and I turned it over. Because shockingly enough, kids, it wasn't actually a contract. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. I should have I should have made sure you were sitting down before I broke that news to you. Um, <laughs> and uh, I turned it over, and uh, it was actually an invoice from a nursery. And I was like, "Oh, this this is weird." And it's like it's a it's an invoice, and it's for CZW. And I'm kind of looking down it, and as I'm reading it, I'm like, what the shit is this? Like, it was just so weird. And it was um, for a cactus. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's somebody bought a cactus. And then I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, this is just weird enough that it's probably for Grant's match. You know, he's probably got this work down there. And um, mm-hmm. now keep in mind, I, I am Canadian. So... Yeah. Well, well, we do. Well, hurt. <laughs> well, we do use feet and inches. We don't write it very often, so I can never remember which little line you put for feet and which little line you put for inches. 
so I uh -huh. didn't think I didn't really think twice about it until I'm watching the match and I went like down to you know get closer obviously to watch the main event and at one point Havoc picks up this like little mini cactus and he just cracks Alex in the head with it and I suddenly flash back to the order and I realize it was supposed to be a six-foot cactus that got ordered but somebody yeah. screwed up. <laughs> somebody had screwed up and they sent a six-inch cactus oh gosh <laughs> and I like that is for, that is just forever in my head but I just I loved the way he you know he must have been I mean, I, I didn't talk to him before the match because I know he was, like, super stressed trying to get everything perfect. So he must have, like, just, like, lost his mind to find out that, like, the spot he had planned for a six-foot cactus, he now has a six-inch one. But I love the fact that, you know, he improvised and still, like, just whacked Alex across the head with it. But that, to me, you're, like, your title contract is the, uh, the cactus invoice from Grant's last match. And it will never, oh it will gosh. never be anything otherwise. Anytime you guys ever get a title match, I'm gonna think about the six-inch cactus. <laughs> I will never be able to not think about it now. That thought never crossed my mind. I didn't know what was on that paper. I don't even remember. I never touched the clipboard, so I don't even know like what what. It that was did. like it was literally just this one sheet of paper on there, and there was like stuff written on it. And um, I mean, and I, was like, well, I needed paper for something. I was doodling, or I had to write something down. And like, I turned it over, and I was like, "It's an invoice from a nursery, huh? That's weird." <laughs> and so now you guys know. There you go. I mean, now we know the other side of that story. The, that uh, literally, literally, the other, the flip side of that story. Oh my gosh! Uh, what is I'm thinking about? Uh, time many moons ago, they were doing a house of hardcore at the. Uh, Armory. But, yeah, the National Guard Armory over in Philly. And let's just say we were getting a little rowdy, especially yeah. when we were bored. And this during the, the height of the nation of intoxication. And let's just say we happened to see Ric Flair. And we were told we had to watch, watch Ric Flair's line as people tried to go and make sure nothing happened. So we had a few drinks. And Ric Flair saw us, and he wanted some drinks, so we gave Ric Flair some drinks. Now we're drunk. We're getting, and we're getting loading up, loading up, loading up, loading up. And the night progressed. And it became a bit noticeable. <laughs> noticeable so much that our lovely friend Danny Havoc walks right past us at the merchandise table, walks right up to DJ Hyde Space and said, do you see them? I don't ever want to hear you talk about me being drunk at a show ever again. <laughs> I am nowhere near as bad as that. <laughs> wow. You you sh you shamed the deathmatch drunkard. Once, I don't think it would ever happen again. But we had one. We had one. Once, got up on him once. <laughs> I always think about like randomly too. I just remember he was. We were having the meeting before that show, and I just remember Grant, but DJ going, "Yeah, Grant is going to retire." No, DJ, I'm not retiring. I'm quitting. There's a difference. I don't want you to forget that difference. I'm quitting. <laughs> oh, my God. Him and, oh my God. him and I used to joke about that, how, you know, like, wrestlers don't really retire. And he always felt weird about using the, the phrase, like, retiring. And we'd be like, yeah, because it's like, to retire, you have to be given, you know, like, a gold watch. And, you know, they bring in a, they, they bring in a cake. And you know you have you have this little lunch and then you leave and nobody ever talks to you again. And um, oh. <laughs> like that's what happens, you know. Like, you would, when you retire oh, at a company, they give you a gold watch and a cheap cake and like kick your ass out the door. Dusty Rose said that. <laughs> give him a gold <laughs> watch, kick him in the box. And, <laughs> and um, then they say a computer took your job. <laughs> and uh, after after his, I saw him after his last match, um, and. Uh, it, two things, two things actually. I, uh, I, it was, this is actually the last time I saw him. And uh, I gave him a big hug. And I said, I've got a gold watch for you. And he, and he kind of looks at me with like this like, huh? Like this like really adorable kind of like smile. He was very, he was very okay with being done. And uh, 
I had, at the airport on the way down, I had bought him a six pack of Canadian beer. And he was like, this is the wow. best gold watch ever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, um, but actually after that, um, the week, the week after his, his retirement, this is like September, 2017. Um, you know, I, I run his, I run his Twitter and, and the website and whatnot. Everybody, and the, over the, la- the the course of this week, everybody knows that now. Um, there are so many messages came in, like so many, so many tweets and DMs and just in- amazing, amazing memory memories from people and just this incredible outpouring of thank you. And uh, I went through and um, I took every single tweet and every single message that was sent to him because I knew he would never see them. I put them in an email and I sent it to him and I titled the email, here's your real gold watch. And the email he sent me back, the email he sent me back made me cry then. He was just, he was so appreciative of it. And I just, I wanted to make sure, for, for somebody who was like, especially we're seeing now, but it was not, everybody knew before, he's universally loved. And he would make jokes, yeah. and he was very self-deprecating, and um, he was so incredibly humble that it always kind of, at that, at that point then, it kind of bothered me because I just, I wanted to make sure that he knew what his career had meant to so many people. Like, I just, he needed to know that. You know, I mean, he had such an impact on so many people, and so many people you would never have thought. You know, I mean, like you—you right. you guys are a, a tag. Like you've been—you've always been a tag team. You're not—you're not deathmatch guys, but he was such an influence on your careers. You know, and there's so many people, so many wrestlers out there, similar, that you just—you wouldn't have thought. But he was, and I wanted to make sure he knew that. And. I guess it's kind of why I want I mean, to do this now. I want to make sure. Oh, oh God! Now I'm gonna I'm gonna cry again. There's been a lot of tears so far. I want to make sure that wherever, okay. he, wherever he is, he knows how he will never not know how much he's loved. I mean, I think I think Grant's one of those universally loved guys, but it's one of the situations where it's like even if you don't have that crazy night out story with him, yeah. Sometimes it's just him sitting in the locker room with you. Watching your match that you don't even expect them to watch, whether it's on a main show, on some show at H2O, CCW, whatever, or even if it's just a dojo wars yeah. that he just happened to walk in halfway through. It was Grant was just one of those people who I remember is he's one of the first ones that we met who were a CZW mainstay. He was the first person to really talk to us. And he sat down, pulled us aside, and told us his stories about how he started in the business in Iowa. And it was just, it was such a culture shock when someone, I, I've never met anyone or known anyone who was actually on a farm type deal. I, I, I don't know anyone like that. So it was always interesting. I remember to that day we were learning how to do drop kicks for the first time. And I just sucked at doing drop kicks. And I was afraid to hit someone in the face because of the way I jumped. Mm-hmm. And then DJ yeah. walks out of the ring, walks away for a phone call. Grant pulls me aside. He gets in the ring, and he holds his hand up. He's like, just try. Boom, I hit it. He was like, listen, if you can hit my hand this height, then you can hit somebody square and clean. When DJ gets back in the ring, just hit him in the fucking face. <laughs> I said, all right. All right, Grant. DJ comes back in with his phone call. I go for that drop kick. Right in his mouth. <laughs> and I, at the corner of my eye, I can see Grant just tossing his hands up in approval. <laughs> oh, my God. So, even though I don't do drop kicks, I always think about him only because of Grant. <laughs> or whenever you wrestle DJ, you throw one drop kick. Yes. <laughs> That's for you, Grant. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I really want to thank you guys so much uh, for coming to talk to me. It's uh, it's been it's been fun, and uh, 
obviously we all know we're gonna love him and miss him and uh yeah that's pretty much all we can say uh so we're gonna take a little break and uh be back in just a minute uh and i'll be talking to clint margera I like when I dyed my hair blonde for TOD 6 maybe or 7, I don't remember, and Drake Younger's first thing was, oh man, if we were in a boy band, you'd be the bad boy man. Welcome back. I want to thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I'm Wiggy. I have another one of Grant's amazing friends with me today. Please welcome, all the way across the pond, Clip Marger. Hello, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing okay. Uh, all things considering, obviously. Um, yes. But yeah, yeah, I'm trying to keep in high spirits. Yeah, I mean that's really all we kind of can do, right now. Yeah. There's, I mean, if you, if you don't, there is just so much horrible shit happening in the world right now. Of course, yeah. And if you know, if you don't try and just keep your head up a little bit, the whole thing's just gonna consume you at one point and uh yeah I, just, I don't really want that to happen so i'm just trying to be as positive i can positive as positive as i can sorry <laughs> and um and just try and see through all the all the darkness at the moment just see the a little bit of light oh absolutely i actually um a friend of mine said something to me earlier and he's like it's like a quote from a terrible movie that he couldn't even remember the name of but he goes, the entire movie sucked, except for this one line. Um, <laughs> he said, um, you don't drown because you fall in water. You drown because you stay under. And I was like, wow, that's that's actually pretty good. You know, yeah. like we, and, and that's kind of how it is. Like it very definitely, it, it feels like everything, everybody's kind of going under right now. But we got to, you know, just kind of keep, keep climbing back to the surface. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we've got to help ourselves and help each other to get out of it, man. Absolutely. And uh, it's been really, really amazing um, the, to just to see the way so many people have um, come to each other, uh, you know, just, just to offer, you know, condolences and uh, comfort. And just so many people have offered, you know, like an, a shoulder, an ear. And uh, that's really amazing. You know, it, it, it kind of gives you hope, you know, like in the middle of all this terrible stuff that so many people are trying to take care of each other. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, when I uh, heard about it and, and posted, I, I had people reach out to me who who, who had never met uh, Grant and, and were offering their condolences to me. And it really, really did mean a lot um, because I think they can see uh, how... Just how, just how we were, we were close, and like, you know, we didn't see each other all the time, but we we emailed, which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, <laughs> later on. Um, but yeah, it, it was just really nice to, to see people, just you know, just just shoot those messages over and, and kind of reach out and just say, hope you're doing okay, and and uh, yeah, it was just, it was just really really touching and, and pretty heartwarming, to be honest. It, absolutely, you know, because I mean, I I imagine I had probably had a very similar relationship with him. You know, we were like, we were really good friends, and I mean, we were about we were as close as we could be, being in two different countries. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, we were we were in touch a lot, and um, you know, keeping it keeping each other you know up to date on our lives and and you know goings on and everything. And it's uh, yeah, it 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 really is. Like I can't I can't thank everybody enough. Um, who people who have reached out, you know, like friends and coworkers of his and fans, and it's um. Um, I actually got. I don't know if I should if I should mention this or not, but I'm I'm gonna just go ahead because this actually was a really amazing moment that I had yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. I received a friend request and a message on Facebook yesterday from uh, Brienne's brother Jake, and. Right. Uh, I, I cannot imagine the loss that their family are going through right now. And yeah. he messaged me to say that he had heard good things about me and knew that Grant and I were friends and he wanted to reach out to me to see if I was okay. And that so was, It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. Right? It 
absolutely is. Like, that just blew me away. I'm like, sweetheart, like, how are you? Like, yeah. how are you and your family doing? Like, I, I cannot begin to imagine, like, just the loss. Like, the, just how profound it must be for their family right now. And just the fact that, I mean, I, I'm a stranger. But he just, you know, he, he knew we were friends and he what but you know and he reached out to see if how i was doing and that is just like it absolutely brought tears to my eyes you know oh, i was cool. just yeah. like oh my god like there's so much there, like you said there's so much darkness right now in so many different ways and it's just all around the world but then something like that happens and you're like wow there, there, there's that glimmer of light that you know that we're looking for to, you know, to keep going, to to keep pushing forward with everything that we have to be doing right now. I was just like, just wow. So I, I mean, I just want to say thank you, Jake, because that you don't have the slightest idea how much that meant to me and uh, our conversation. And uh, just thank you. <laughs> so I hope I hope you're not mad at me for mentioning that either. Because sorry. <laughs> So, well, I think you know those those kind of you know those kind of, uh, of you know really good things in people. You've kind of, you know it's worth mentioning, I think, especially around this time and, and everything that's going on. So it's just um, it's, I think it's just a really good act of you know of being able to just reach out and say like you know I, I know that you were close and hope you're okay and that's um, there is hope that everyone isn't as bad as. We think they are, and yeah. And it's just, it's just the fact that everybody's trying so hard to take care of each other. That's yeah. You know, that is a. It's it's probably I I've been thinking about this. It's probably really kind of annoying him. <laughs> that, you know, like you guys just had like terrible terrible taste. You you know that, and um. And I just like I, I just kind of laughed myself. I'm like he's probably so sick of the fact that you know like I you know every time I put out a show and I'm like talking to people it's like just you know just being so humble and you know so self-deprecating at all times and you know and to, to that I say well it's your own fault for being so awesome <laughs> and uh, you know if we didn't all love you I mean so it's really all his fault. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's 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 what I say. But, um, you know, I know, uh, we will, actually, the first thing that really struck me, um, that, uh, I had seen you say, and it, and I agree hundred percent, is how intimidating a person he was verbally and, uh, and when he would send an email, because everybody knows he was just absolutely brilliant and it's like i i always had like this slight anxiety when i was sending him a message <laughs> you know like i just yeah. i have to sound as smart as he does you know yeah that, that <laughs> absolute same like when i would get an email from him and i would i'd have to read it like three or four times over yes because i there were words in there that i'd never heard yep and sometimes I even had to Google what he was talking about because I didn't, I didn't, I wanted to know the context in the way that he said it to me. Um, but yeah, like my replies, I, I would, it would take me like 20, 25 minutes to like write reply to him because I was just like, I don't want to come back and sound like real dumb or anything. So, um, and then sometimes I'd send the reply and then I'd read it back and I'd be like, oh man, that was rubbish. He's gonna think I'm stupid, man. But yeah, like he—he was—he uh, definitely had a way with words, and I think I've seen a lot of people say that. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he was a, a proper wordsmith, and like the way that he spoke and and and, and how he chose how he chose to speak about himself was, um, yeah, it was intimidating, but um, it was also just really nice. Like he was just so eloquent with everything, um, Absolutely. and like having conversations like actually face to face with him was was something that I'll miss uh, you know, I'll miss him all the time and, and, and every day as well but yeah. it's just those conversations and uh, yeah and just those emails which I, I've saved um, all the emails so they're on my phone so yeah. I can like go back and, and read them and a lot of the time you know like the wrestling talk was inevitable mm. um, 
but a lot of the time as well we just talked about ourselves and each other and and what we were doing and and sometimes we didn't even mention wrestling we were we were genuinely interested in in what both of us were up to and and um and how we were getting on just in, in life in general and it was always just really special to me that you know he gave a shit do you know what i mean so yes. um i mean i i recently uh, well, I, I quit drinking and, and partying and stuff uh, nearly 11 months ago. Wow, congratulations. It, thank you. Thank you very much. And it was it was around the time when I was tr- trying to come over for uh, H2O for, for his and Tremont show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in October. Uh, and I think you'd heard through the grapevine, possibly from Alex Cologne, because I think I'd had a conversation with Cologne about this uh, in the run-up to it, uh, that I'd actually stopped drinking. Um, so obviously, Danny being Danny, and, and <laughs> Danny, Danny was no no sh- uh, stranger to a beer. Yes. Um, and he emailed me, and he was just like, you've quit drinking. What? That's it. You're not coming. And all in jail. <laughs> yep. Um, and so I kind of explained to him like why I was doing it, and he was just like super, super supportive um, about it. And he was just you know, like, you know, I, I, I know I've given you a little bit of like shit and stuff, and, but I, you know that I, you know that I'm only joking, and I'm actually really proud of you for doing it. And he said, and he said that he wished that he had the willpower to just put the plug in the jug, as, as he would call it. But yeah, it was just really touching that. Um, that it, it meant a lot to him that I was doing it and, and it, it just spurred me on as well um, just to get that little boost of support from him um, but I mean that's just from what I know of him that's that's just how he was he was really supportive of everyone um, and he was just a really good friend to everyone whose life that he came into absolutely like it's been it's been so nice just so nice to to read so many comments um, that fans, especially so many fans, have um, have tweeted or you know sent uh, sent in. Just saying, you know, like just talking to him for ten minutes at intermission at a show, or you know a few minutes after, or a few minutes before, he, he just he made everybody feel like they were talking to a friend. Yeah. And that's like, oh my god, that is such an unbelievably rare trait. He was just so sincere. Like, like you said, it's just you, you, you always knew that he cared. You know, he was never somebody who it's like, you know, you hear from and it's like, hey, how's it going? And you know, they don't really give a shit. That's just small talk to get to the point. When, mm-hmm. when he said, hey, how you doing? It's because he genuinely wanted to know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um... I do have, I, I will say though, I have uh, one great, one very great memory of both of you, um, okay. as, as it were, as it were, uh, from a TOD a few years ago. Um, <laughs> well, I have, I have two memories, of course, that really stand out about you. Uh, one being the trampoline, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the other one is far more entertaining, I have to say. No offense, of course. Um, but uh, before the show, uh, I was talking with you and Jimmy Havoc. Yes. And we were we we're just you know kind of kind of talking and chatting, uh, kind of joking about how we were the foreigners, at, <laughs> foreigners at the day <laughs> of the day. Um, and all of a sudden, Alex Cologne came running up, uh, running down like the, the driveway. This was this was in Delaware, of course. Um, yeah. At uh, at the farm. And he Mark came running up, screaming, yelling that Grant had driven his truck into a pond. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, like, to me, like, that story is like, you know, <laughs> it's like, I was just like, it's, it's just such a bizarre story anyways, but the fact it's like, yeah, I was just, I was just hanging out talking with Jimmy Havoc and Clint Mark Jarrett. It's like, <laughs> like, it's just so weird. But yeah, I just, I very clearly remember Alex right up going, Grant drove it to a pond. And then, <laughs> and then like, five ten minutes later we were still kind of talking and all of a sudden i heard him yell out very clearly how does everybody already know <laughs> <laughs> what time that must have been like 
I mean, because I think we all got there at like half 10, 11. Yeah. The show's, it was, it was the show's on at half two, so that's probably like midday, 12 o'clock midday. Probably, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like just, just Alex running, like I could still, I could just, I could picture it all so clearly in my head, like Alex running up and saying this happened, and it's just, like we, the three of us just kind of looked at each other like, what? <laughs> I, I for one didn't even know that there was a pond I had somehow never seen it but apparently there was a pond and then just it was just I don't know what happened or I had no idea he'd even gotten there and just all of a sudden I hear behind me how does everybody know <laughs> well I mean like my memory from that show obviously apart from the trampoline as well and the car um <laughs> I remember, I think it was it was after it was after the show had finished, and like we were all like everyone was like changed and stuff, and like me being the emo British guy <laughs> along with Jimmy as well. Um, I think we were both we were both wearing like really skinny black jeans, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Grant could not understand how we were comfortable, why we would even bother wanting to wear them, and why why they existed. So, I remember I, I pretty much tried to explain to him like the pros of wearing skinny jeans, and he was less than convinced by my argument. And I think his final comment on it was that he vowed that he would to never, ever, ever purchase a pair ever <laughs> in his entire life. Yeah, <laughs> but he, I mean, he wasn't selling it on the skinny jeans. I was trying to convince him, but he just wasn't having any of it at all. <laughs> Well, see now I'm curious. What what is what is your pro pro argument for skinny jeans? They were cool. They were they were super cool. Really comfortable. Okay. That's about it, really. But and then and then like I was just trying to explain to like all the cool bands, but obviously our music tastes on on weren't that very similar. <laughs> very similar. So you know, <laughs> if I say stuff to him like you know My Chemical Romance that kind of stuff, he was just like, uh, what? Who the fuck are they? Like. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, but uh, that's that's like one of the memories that I remember because like the look on his face when I was trying when he when he first saw me wearing them, <laughs> he looked at me like I'd literally just come from another planet. He was like, "What the hell are those? <laughs> and why are they so tight?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that's just like, one of the many like the little like laughs that we had. In like obviously he was, and then he was just like ripping into me and like taking the piss out of me. And stuff, oh but. yes. Like, oh my god, running jokes with Grant were amazing. And for somebody who uh, didn't have the best memory of certain events, other ones he would never forget and never let you forget either. No. No, not <laughs> um, Absolutely. I told, I told a story um, uh, recently uh, on with an, with another episode about um, uh, him buying two do- buying me two dollar vodka in Cleveland because I <laughs> didn't have ID on me to buy it and um, it, the the joke went between us uh, for so long and it went to the point that he actually put me in the bio on his Tumblr page <laughs> um, he referred to me as the gullible foreigner. Uh, in indentured servitude to him due to uh, high interest vodka loans. <laughs> like I just I love that so much. I love that like any time I could just go to I could go to Tumblr and I can read that, and it's like that. Oh my god! Like that joke, and it's like just when you think he forgot, and be like, no, nah, something would come up, and he'd be like, don't forget, you owe me. And I'd be like, all right, I had forgotten. Apparently, you didn't, but. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, there's just so many so many little things like that over the years. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm to think, I mean, the first time I met him was 2012. And it was in April. It was April the 14th, because it was the day before my birthday. Uh, and I was over for best of, I was over for best of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was when I wrestled uh, Tremont uh, at best of the best. Um, and obviously, like, I hadn't, I hadn't met him before, but obviously I was aware of him because being a deathmatch wrestler, obviously, and love liking CZW, um, 
you know, I knew who he was and, I, and I'd heard that he was going to be there. So, like, the little mark in me was like, holy shit, I'm going to meet Danny Havoc. Like, this is going to be fucking amazing. Like, I'm super nervous and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think I spoke to him for about half an hour, 40 minutes before the, the show started. And it was just one of those moments where, like, literally the click of a finger, like, he just made me feel so welcome. Yep. And he was just so nice to me. And he didn't have to be. He didn't know me. But he just, he was just so awesome. And um, after the show, I think we all went out. We all went out to a, a bar uh, in somewhere in New Jersey. Um, and obviously, many drinks were consumed. Um, and we just sat at the bar like a couple of like bar flies, just bullshitting like for three or four hours. And by this point, it was my birthday, so he was like buying me drinks and stuff and, and and that's when he stopped being Danny and that's when he became Grant to me yeah um, and uh, the one thing that we were talking about was the the, the previous year in 2011 we had a, a show with CZW Big Japan and WXW mm-hmm. in England for the Fight Club Pro show it was the first ever Project Mayhem which is our like big um, big like well, I don't want to say our Wrestlemania but you know our big yeah. big we have every year uh, and we had a, a deathmatch tournament, and it was called the Bounce of Violence tournament. And, and Danny was supposed to be uh, one of the people in it, so that would have been the first time that I'd met him. Um, but he had a, a, some issues getting in, um, so he, he, he ended up getting sent back. Um, so unfortunately, he couldn't make it. And that was the one thing that I always said to him: like, I just want you to come over to Fight Club Pro because you'd really dig it. I think it'd, it'd be amazing for you to be there. And it's just one of those things that, it, unfortunately, you know, it's it's it didn't happen, didn't pan out, and it's one thing that I, I really wish that we were able to do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, that same year, 2012, was the, the first time I went to Japan um, with big for for big Japan, um, and and Grant was on that tour, so I got to spend like 12 days with him. Um, oh wow! And we would we would just yeah it was it was amazing like it was I've got all these tiny little videos of me him and Sammy Callahan walking around on like a Wednesday night at like midnight trying to find a bar that was open and uh, um, like I, I was I, I was smoking my, my cigarettes and like that like he doesn't smoke like he doesn't smoke cigarettes but he like kept bumming cigarettes off me because he said that I looked really cool and he wanted to, <laughs> to smoke and obviously, like even though I knew him then, like not as well as I as I obviously got to know him, but even when I even knowing him then, I was like, holy shit, he thinks like, he thinks that I'm cool. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like he's cool. I'm not cool. I'm just this little little deathmatch lad following him around Japan and, and and stuff like that. And I've got all these little videos that are saved on like a little SD card that I can I can go back and watch as well. And I think that same night we ended up just brown bagging a bottle of whiskey back at his hotel because there were no bars open or anything. And yeah, it was um, that was just a really really good time, and I'm just really glad that for it being my first time in Japan that he was able to be there, and, and obviously he'd been previously um, several times, so he was able to kind of you know guide me as well. Um, and uh, and Drake Younger was there as well at the same time, so obviously that was really cool as well. And um, yeah, it was just that's just a really, really obviously a really great memory, um, and I think that was where we where we exchanged emails then, and that's where like the emails just started from, and like it just grew and grew, and um, yeah, it was uh, it was just really good, a really good memory, and I'm glad that I've got that memory to always go back to whenever I whenever I think about him and, and think about our friendship. Oh, I'm so glad. I've, it, it, I'm so glad that we're in we're in a time where we we have stuff like that you know you know you, you never see anybody without taking pictures anymore you know so it's like yeah. we've got pictures and you know we've got you know fun little videos and stuff and there's just such an amazing catalog online of interviews and promos and matches and stuff and it's just I mean for me personally I know that's been it's been such a comfort, you know, just yeah. to know that at any at any given time I can watch him do something. You know, I, I can watch him in a match, I can watch him pro I can hear his voice. And it's 
I, I'm very, I'm very grateful for all that stuff because I mean, sometimes you just, sometimes you just need to hear them, you know, yeah. and, uh, that's, yeah, there's, there's so much of it. And, uh, I can only imagine like more and more footage from various places are, you know, that maybe hasn't been released or full matches that haven't been released that I think are going to be probably put out there in the next little while. So, I mean, that's, it's awesome that in that very much in that sense, you know, Danny Havoc will live on forever. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And and you know, reading all these stories and and how and people's experience with him, it, it only goes to show just how special he really was and how loved he was. Um, and I mean, on the on the flip side of that as well, he was an amazing, amazing deathmatch wrestler. He was an amazing wrestler. Um, he was super innovative, like some of the stuff that he came up with. And he, he was, and I think that's when it goes back to you know he was just so clever, like all these little blueprint drawings that he would do. Like I'm really glad that Ricky uh, Shane Page shared those shared those drawings on Twitter, because yeah. um, I'd never actually seen the the I don't think I'd seen the blueprint for myself and Connor Claxton's match. Mm-hmm. So to like see it all drawn out and stuff and and things like that and 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 he was very instrumental in me finally coming over to do TOD as well. Um, I know that he you know he had a word uh, with DJ and and he was quite instrumental in me coming over and, and doing that. And Tournament of Death was one of the things that I was on my bucket list and I you know I just wanted to do it once. Um, and so I was able to do it and to to know that he had a hand in in me doing that and being able to achieve that is really really special and um seeing those little blueprints and then uh, my mate obaz who came with me um like he built the trampoline and i know that and i know that grant was really proud of the job that he did on the trampoline as well um so yeah uh i don't know where i was going with that then <laughs> that was <laughs> paul. Off a tangent sometimes that, but, was, um... that was paul who came over right yes yeah, that's I, it, yeah i remember i met him too and uh, actually, I think I might know where you were heading with that. I saw the tweet where he um, he showed some of the blueprints, and uh, yes. he's he said he's planning to get a tattoo. Of... Yes, that's right. Yeah, he's gonna get the he's gonna get uh, his drawing of the barbed wire trampoline. So he's gonna get that tattooed, which is a awesome idea, like really good idea. <laughs> it, it it absolutely is, and uh, I've actually heard from a number of people who have. Uh, been talking about the same thing i've had i've had a couple people um actually uh, ask me specifically do you think like if i were to get one of his drawings or something from like his tumblr page or you know such as that like if i were to get that tattooed like do do you think that would be okay and i'm like i i can't see a reason why anybody would would be offended by that or or anything like i think stuff like that i think that's an amazing tribute and i mean to want it to want to permanently put that on your body. I mean, I think that's uh, I think that's probably one of the coolest tributes that anyone could do. Uh, and I think Grant, as an as an artist and as a tattoo fan himself, I think he would absolutely love it. Absolutely, hands down. There's there's no doubt in my mind that he wouldn't absolutely love that for someone to get their, his artwork, you know, his illustrations, something that he's written or, or drawn, exactly. tattooed on. I mean, he would also be the first person to see it and go, oh, you have just, what were you thinking? You know? Yeah. <laughs> tell, you, tell you it was a mistake. Yes, yeah, so it's a horrible, horrible mistake. It is probably going to ruin the rest of your life. But, you know, but I mean, that, that would basically be his stamp of approval. I yeah, mean, personally, I would, he, um, actually, I don't know if anybody knows this. Um, uh, I lost my mom uh, four years ago. And uh, he was actually very, we, we became, we, that's kind of, I think, where we became really close. Um, He, he really helped me through that. Uh, Like at the time we, it seemed whenever we were to email each other or message each other, it was in the middle of the night. And uh, it was in the middle of the night when I usually got news from the hospital. Um, Mm. So quite often, you know, I would get news and I would just kind of for a while I was just in kind of a state of shock and I just needed to just kind of vent and he was he was the only person who I knew was around at that time at that like literal time and um 
so we, we talked a lot, um, and he was really amazing, and his, his support helped me, helped me, I hope he knows how much it helped me, um, but afterwards, uh, I actually, I saw him about a month later, I, uh, I went down to the States for survival of the sickest, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I saw him there, and, uh, I asked him if he could, um, design a tattoo for me. And uh, I wanted an angel, and I actually have um, four angel designs that he sent me. And um, I haven't, I haven't had the money or <laughs> or the time in the meantime to to get them. And uh, I'm still actually contemplating where. And um, it was it was a fair, it was a good sized design, and um, and I was contemplating getting it on my leg. And I made the fantastic slash terrible decision of telling him this. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm thinking I might get it in my leg. And he was like, if you're turning into a juggalo, we are no longer friends. <laughs> and I was like, no to the leg. Got it. Okay, great. <laughs> and you know what, honestly? I will say that is part of the reason why I haven't gotten the tattoo done because yeah. I just, I couldn't think of a place that I, to get something of a fair size, I don't want it on my arms um, because of my regular job. And I'm like, I don't want it on my back because I want to be able to look at it at any time. So I'm like, well, Grant is going to make fun of me if I get it on my leg. So where am I supposed to get it? And that's <laughs> honestly been part of why for the last four years, I haven't gotten this tattoo. I have the designs. I look at them all the time, but I don't know what to do with them because I can't get them on my legs or he'll like never stop making fun of me. So, I mean, there's, there's just a shout out, maybe piece of advice to anybody who is looking to get, yeah. anybody who is looking to get a tattoo, a Danny Havoc tattoo or anything of Grant's artwork or anything like that. I mean, you could put it on your leg, but I'm just letting you letting you know what you're opening yourself up to. You know, there there may be hauntings involved. I don't I don't know. <laughs> but, I'm sure he'd probably just tut and then twist the cap off another beer and right? and just well, cheers to you. You've done it now. You've got it for life. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like I feel like it would be the most passive aggressive haunting ever. Like you know, at, in like the dead of night when it's completely silent and everything gets a little creepy all you'll hear is just tisking and like the shaking of his head <laughs> you know like that, that'll be it and you know and an overwhelming sense of shame and yeah. you're like well all right the danny havoc is, is haunting me for sure <laughs> i brought it on myself by getting a leg touch <laughs> But yeah, uh, so, I mean, you could pass it along to Paul. Just, I mean, yeah, just give him a heads I will up. Do. Just give him a heads okay. up. But yeah, it's, it's, I saw that and uh, I think that's absolutely amazing. Like, I think I'm definitely going to be getting something um, at some point. Not on my legs, mm -hmm. of course. Um, I haven't, I just haven't quite figured out what, uh, what would be, what would be the most appropriate. So. Yeah. But, I think um, I'm kind of like playing and over stuff in my head about you know trying to do something to to like you know honor him and stuff and I'm not quite sure what it's going to be yet but I, I definitely will do something um, and like just the, the the other thing as well like I just hope that I was I hope that I showed him how much uh, I was thankful for like all the little things that he did for me that he never had to do yeah and I just hope he knows that. Like I really, really respected him, and and not just as a as a wrestler, but as 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 a person. Like his um, like his philosophies on life were were just unbelievable, and and he was just a, a really great person to know. And I think I remember the night before TOD, we went to the H to we went to the H2O show that was on the night before. Yeah. And and, and someone came over to me and said like, Grant's literally just got here, and the only thing he wants to do is come and say hello. And I was just like. Okay, great. Let's go and find him. <laughs> and, and he just—we were standing outside, and he just like literally walked over and almost knocked me down, like with a hug and stuff. And, <laughs> yeah. And again, like just making me feel so welcome every time I saw him, and and it was just—and it was like just bumping into a really 
like a really good old friend. Like yeah. it felt like I'd known him for longer than I had. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what was just really special about him. And and, and we talked we we talked for for ages as well about me and him having a singles match because I really really wanted to wrestle him. Yeah. Uh, we had a tag match in Japan and it was me and Drake versus uh, uh, him and Numazawa. Um. And we were we talked all the time about me me and him having a singles match and then obviously at TOD he announced that he was retiring in September of 2017 and he had he had that a match with uh, with Alex which was unbelievable as his, his farewell match uh, and then like he kind of mentioned to me that you might be coming back uh, it was last year wasn't it when he did his like yeah. his few matches when he came back and they were all like multi mans and stuff and. It was something that we, we, again, we talked about just as long as we can have like these, if we can have come some kind of multi-man match and then we just said like, we'll just do all of our stuff together because it will just be like we're having the singles match that we always talked about yeah. and, and stuff like that. And, and then obviously like Game Changer uh, was supposed to be coming over to Liverpool in August of this year and, and I emailed him straight away and I said, yo, you better be on this plane. You better be coming over. Um and that was the other, another thing we were trying to sort out. And like, even if he wasn't wrestling, obviously I just wanted to hang out with him and stuff. But yeah, um, I mean, I've, you know, it feels like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. But he's just so missed, and I'm so sad that he's not here anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. Like you hear, you know, like you some somebody you know with any sort of you know fame or notoriety passes away and uh, people come out of the woodwork you know saying oh he was this and that he was wonderful and everybody loved it. you know when during their life <laughs> it, like it couldn't have been further from the truth people are people are coming out of the woodwork now because everybody is hurting and everybody is telling the same stories of just how generous he was with with his time, with his experience, um, how he he would do so many incredible, incredibly thoughtful things without a second thought. It was just in his nature that was, that was just how he was. You know, it didn't it didn't occur to him. His first priority working was to make sure everybody else in the ring and who was necessary to whatever match or storyline it was to make sure they look good. Yeah. You know, like he didn't he didn't waste any time thinking about himself because he was too busy trying to plan out exactly how everybody around him could look their absolute best. And it's like it's it's just astounding to hear just story after story after story of him just being an amazing person and it, it's it's kind of weird to say when when he didn't have to be because that's just kind of the way society has become you know uh it, everything is very much you know look out for number one and worry about yourself first and everybody else maybe um and yet that was just the absolute opposite of the kind of person he was you know and it was he was just so carefree about it he just kind of go through life, you know, doing his thing, drinking, and just making everybody and everybody's lives around him better. Yeah. Without, with like no effort whatsoever. It's just, it just happened. And mm. you know, you're you're so right, and he is he is so missed. Um, by just everybody. You know, and it's 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 really been like such an uh, overwhelming response of people just saying, you know, this one's just different. You know, and it's like it's horrible. Like it's it, wrestling is such a, a terrible business in the sense that so many people have died so young, and yeah. it's all very tragic. But this just seems to have affected like everybody. You know, <laughs> one way yeah. or another. It really has, and it's just—it's just such a such an amazing tribute to how universally loved he was. I mean, as 
Danny Havoc as Grant Brooklyn. He was just an absolutely amazing human being. And he would be, he is the first person to play down all of that. He'd be the yeah. first one to deny it. He'd be first one to make fun of us and be like, you guys have terrible taste in friends. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know? But it's just, it's, it's so just, it helps. It, yeah. it genuinely helps to, to, to see just like, in so many different ways to be able to look at what other people are saying and go, wow, it wasn't just me. You know, like maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I was too emotional. Maybe I thought, you know, maybe it was just me. He, he made me feel like I was a friend right away, but no, it's, he was that with everybody. And that's just, it's just amazing. Like I just, I'm, I'm so glad that people who didn't uh, have the chance to meet him or to get to know him well are able to hear these stories and be able to say, wow, he actually was the kind of person that I thought he might have been. Yeah. You know, he, he was that amazing and more. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I absolutely agree, first of all, but I would get excited about friends in, in like wrestling and stuff who were going to meet him for the first time. Like, I would get excited for them yeah. knowing who they were going to who, who they were going to end up speaking to. Um... And I just think that if, if you know, if I could say if I could say anything to him, I just wanted to know how much of an inspiration he is to not just me but everyone who who we spoke to, and that everyone speaks of him with nothing but love and like admiration and respect. And I just wish that you know I've, I'm sure we all wish that we could just have one more conversation with him and and uh, yeah. It's just very, very sad, and I can't imagine the pain that he must have been in um, after after everything else that ha has happened to him. And <sighs> I just hope that he's now at peace, and and he's just he's just having a good time, looking down on us, yeah. like you said, <laughs> uh, being like, guys, why are you even talking about me? But talking about you because we love you and because we've loved everything about you and you're just really really special to everybody absolutely you know that's what I just that's what I try to focus on you know he uh they're together again him and Brienne yeah. and uh so we know they couldn't possibly be happier exactly. and they're not they're not suffering being being without each other anymore and so that just I'm trying to be ha I try to be I'm sad for myself, but I try to be happy for my friend, you know? Yeah. So I think, I mean, that's all, you know, that's all I can really, that's all I really do. And, you know, I just, I really, I hope just, it, it really, it means so much to me that so many people have, uh, have been willing to talk and, and open up. And I, like, I have to thank you so much because I mean, it's, it's not easy. It is, it's not easy at all. And I mean, as, as, cathartic and therapeutic as it does feel to, you know, tell stories and talk about funny times and stuff. It, you know, I know it's not, it's just not easy, you know, and uh, I just, I hope people listening, I hope it makes them feel better. Uh, I hope everybody who, who comes on and talks, it, it helps them. And uh, really, I just, I can't thank you enough. No problem. I, I, as soon as you put the, the the post up about this, like, I just had to I had to comment straight away. There's no way that I could have have, have not done this because I have to let people know like how special he was to to me as not personally. So thank you so much for like allowing me to come on and and talk about him and and just remember just good things and and laugh as well and just laugh about him because. Yeah. Like laughing about stuff has just been a little bit harder ever since it, you know, it happened, and it's just nice to be able to, to speak to someone and, and have those like common experiences with him yes. and, and know exactly know exactly what where what, what we're both talking about. So, yeah, thank you so much for letting me letting me come on. Oh, it is this. It's been my absolute pleasure, and I mean, I I have the exact same feeling. I just I feel a very intense need to have as many to inform as many people as possible of how amazing 
my friend was and how lucky I was to, you know, to manage to come across him. You know, it's it, suddenly and I kind of, I, I mentioned in another, in another conversation, um, you know, it's so cool. Like, I mean, okay, I'm, I'm a girl in Canada, you're a guy in England, and we're talking about a guy from a town of like 80 people in the middle of Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> no, like by no, by no by no means should we. Should any of the three of us know each other? And yet, like yeah. here we are coming together, and it's 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 amazing. Like to me, I'm just, it, I'm so thankful that the circumstances and the situation just fell into place, for, to be able to have him in my life, for yeah. as long as I was able to, and you know, it's I'm, that's really cool. I try to try to hang on to that and. sucks yeah. it sucks and that's just the, the world is a, is a little worse off without him in it and uh i think the best thing that we can do is just the best way to honor him and to commemorate him is to just be the kind of person that he was you yeah. know offer ourselves the way he did so casually you know and so like without hesitation and mm-hmm. i think there's really there's no better way to pay tribute to Danny Havoc or far more importantly to pay tribute to Grant Birkeland. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. But again, I uh, I will thank you because this and this this has been actually this I mean I, I don't want to say it's been fun because <laughs> you know, obviously I would much rather be talking to you about like T O D or something else, but like yeah. uh yeah. Like I said, I at least I have I have one amazing memory that you know I've got you both in there. <laughs> he drove into the pot. How does everybody know? That, yeah, that was yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, guys, I want to thank you all for listening as well. Um, uh, I'm putting up episodes, you know, maybe once or twice a week. Uh, you can check them all out at anchor.fm slash pantsesradio. Uh, they're also available on like iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all those like million places. But uh, I seriously, like if you, if you feel up to it, check it out because uh, the stories that people are sharing and the memories are, they're pretty awesome. They're pretty awesome and they really uh, will let you know exactly why so many people are hurting over this. Because they, they paint an amazing picture of an amazing man. So um, please check those out and uh, share them. And thank you again, Clint. This is this this has been good. This has definitely been good. And I uh, I hope you're feeling the same. And uh, guys, we will will definitely be back. Yeah, thank you so much. And it it has, it has definitely helped. Um, yeah. It's just nice to, to talk about him and, and just laugh about situations and, and stories. But yeah, he'll always be missed and we'll always love him. And there's not really much else. Well, there's obviously a lot more I could say, but we, we'll, be here, we'll be here all night. Um, yeah, he's just going to be missed for forever um, by a lot of people. And we'll always love you, Grant. 